Okay, welcome back all of you Camp Crystal Lake counselors, or Forest Green depending on the movie, to the fifth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I am your host Otis and tonight I'm joined by my beautiful wife Katie. Hi. And we are reviewing the 1986 American slasher film, Friday the 13th, part 6, Jason Lives. Kill or be killed. I mean, that's kind of kind of all of them, really. If you think about it. It for sure is. Yeah. That's not great. <laughs> you better kill me. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to swing my machete like this. If you get in the way, it's your fault. <laughs> Hit that music. Spookies, everyone. This is episode 13. Hey, it's Friday the 13th. It's Friday the 13th. Hey, it works out. Spooky day. We should, if Friday the 13th lands on... In October. In October, which I don't... That's not a possibility every year, right? It'd be like every other year? I don't know how often it can happen. Every seven years, probably. Yeah, because I think in the, in, like time every year there's at least two of them i think well, there's a whole bunch of them every year but they don't always fall in the same months yeah but we it hit us as we were working through these that oh shit like friday the movie that comes out that day it, it's the 13th so if you know anything about me and my friends and my family well, Terrell was a big, big fan of Friday 13th. It was one of his favorite days of all time. It was his favorite number, 13. It's actually my favorite number, too. But he always would sit down and watch scary movies on Friday the 13th. It was always fun for him. So, Katie and I, we decided that we have to do a scary movie that he would enjoy. And also, might as well just fit in one of the 12 Friday the 13th movies that are available so we have done a few emma and micah they did jason x we did freddy versus jason and then we also did the newer friday the 13th that was made in 2009 now after that point there are a ton of them and we haven't done them back in the first iteration of the halloween screamathon i did a, a retrospect of all of the movies so i sat down and just talked about each of them for maybe 10 minutes. And that was kind of it. And so, once again, if you know me, part 6 is my favorite. Because in part 6 of Friday the 13th, this is where the, the form and shape of Jason changes. In the earlier film, sure, he was deformed and he was gigantic. Boy had all the muscles. And he ran around killing people. But in this one, he is dead at the beginning. And he gets reanimated by a giant metal post in his chest and two strikes of lightning. So that is enough to make you into an indestructible zombie. 
that just keeps on coming. So this is where it changes, and this is where the movies, uh, they had their silly points before, but this is where it gets a, uh, sometimes they get a little meta, a bit silly, especially in Jason X. They distract Jason when he's on the spaceship with a hologram of two two ladies, sexy, naked ladies, and they're like, hey, we're going to play some naked twister and have premarital sex, and then Jason's like, I have to kill you, and they're like, cool, he's distracted for like 20 minutes, and so they like run off and do something, and he's stuffing them in sleeping bags and then bashing him on trees, because Jason hates premarital sex, it makes him so mad, it makes him so mad. So, for the uninitiated, part six, this one is about Tommy Jarvis. Now, in the earlier films, in part four and five, he was a little child, played by Corey Feldman. Now, Corey Feldman was still a little child <laughs> when this one came out in 86, or he was too young to be... Adult Tommy yeah, Jarvis. Yeah, because, like, years go by in this one. Yeah, but they were cracking Friday the 13th out one a year. Yeah. So they didn't have time to wait yeah, especially... for him to grow up and be adult... Corey Feldman. Yeah, and it's weird. These movies actually connect pretty closely, so between one and two, a year goes by, and two and three, I believe, that's the same amount, but from like three to four, four to five, and five to six, it's not the same day, but like, it's pretty fucking close, and so the big thing in part five, uh, that was going to be, actually in part four, that was going to be the final chapter. They were going to end this series because they were making less money so it still did pretty good which prompted them to make another sequel unfortunately they're like this is the last movie it actually did really good fuck make another one and so that was called a new beginning so in that one tommy jarvis he actually takes out jason with a knife and he yells die 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 and just stabs him up something fierce now, if you watch the first scare package, you remember at the end when the stoner distracted the Devil's Lake Impaler? He shaved his head and he's like, hey, hey, look, Devil's Lake Impaler, I'm that little kid. And he's like, I'm that cancer kid. In the fourth movie, Tommy Jarvis shaved his head and he put on a hockey mask just like Jason. It actually distracted him for a little bit. And then, uh, I want to say it was Trish comes up. And they take Jason out. So that's kind of a little nod. In part five, a new beginning. Uh, Jason's dead. It's been a couple of years. But for some reason, Jason's back and no one gets it. But in the end, it was the ambulance driver, Rob. He was Jason. And they're like, oh, it wasn't Jason. Uh, that movie still made a lot of money because people were excited to see another Friday the 13th. So at the beginning of this one, like I said, for the un uninitiated... Tommy Jarvis, he has been dealing with Jason for three movies, and he is mentally not all there. So he goes off to get revenge on the corpse of Jason, and inadvertently causes Jason to reanimate. And now, you can't actually stop him. And so now he puts the team on his back and decides that he has to fight to save everybody that is in the way of Jason in Camp Crystal Lake, now renamed Forest Green. So, Katie, what did you think about Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives? It was a good slasher. The thing about watching these older slashers is that you have to be able to get rid of um, 
reality for a bit of it. Oh, absolutely. Um, especially the beginning of this one and the beginning of the other ones where uh, the bad guy goes from being just like a psychopath guy who's murdering folks to this like otherworldly, inhuman, unable to be killed being. Like there's always some freaky ass twist that makes the bad guy like immortal essentially and you just have to go with it like yes this dude is running around killing everybody with a machete and that's that could happen in real life but also like at the beginning he got struck by lightning twice and became a zombie and regrew (laughs) his skin that was already gone and like all these other things um so if you can get rid of that like just insanity in your mind and be okay with that then this movie is fucking great the kills are solid uh the fear on all of the actors faces when jason is heading towards them slash the little kids that are at this camp when they see jason when they understand what's going on like it's palpable and there's a reason that the Friday the 13th movies continue to be, you know, Jason is one of the big three. They can, These movies continue to be made. They keep getting, I mean, they haven't made one in a while. Yeah, um, hopefully they change that. Uh, yeah, but, you know, there's a reason that they stick around. And it's because it's just good, solid slasher flick. There's not a lot of thinking that you have to yeah. do while you're watching it. You can just, like sit and watch and just be like oh my mind's gone like i shut off my mind and i just enjoyed two hours or an hour and a half whatever of this insane person killing a bunch of teens at a camp it's funny you bring that up it's it i'm jealous a little bit now there are still movies these days that come out and it's like you can turn your brain off and do it but there's so much more media and preconceptions and build up to movies like, Katie and Bella will come out with a movie, and months before it comes out, so especially, it's not going to come out in a year since the last one. That's just impossible these days, because actors have so much more to do. Not big movies, anyway. Yeah. But, you know, it's someone's going to review it and say it's shit, and then it's going to spread on Twitter or X or whatever, and then people are going to be like, I want to watch it, and then, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, those assholes that take bribes for movies they'll say this movie's not that good and they'll be it's just so much more that movies have to fight to even get people through the door but it seemed like back in the day there wasn't all these avenues of opinions and people were just like oh the, the new jason movie's out let's give it a shot well and i think there was a lot less um scrutiny yeah about f- certain types of film like now, because everyone is a reviewer, ourselves included, I guess, yeah. but we're never really shitting on films too much. Yeah, we're uh, a lot laid back than people, but... Um, but now that everyone has an opportunity to review things, and, you know, it's basically whole world consensus, people just don't go see things that, you know, a majority of keyboard warriors have decided is bad. And... You know, in the 80s and 90s and even early 2000s before internet reviews really, like, took off, and I've talked about this before, there were only a handful of people who reviewed movies. Yeah. Like, legitimate movie critics. And when it came to horror movies, 
pretty much all of them gave thumbs down to all of the horror genre. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's very few horror films that have come out between, you know, 1960 and 2005-ish that really got all of the critics talking. That were like, holy shit, that was like some shit I've never seen before. That was incredible. That had my mind racing. It had all these different aspects. The acting was great. The this and the that. Most horror isn't that. And those critics at the time knew that. And everyone else also knew that horror wasn't supposed to be that or isn't usually that. So everyone at the time took all those critics like shitting on Friday the 13th or, you know, the new Freddy movie or whatever it is. Everybody took that with a grain of salt. Like Siskel and Ebert, they were like the big critics. Like they would watch every movie and whatever they said, thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever. Everybody pretty much took that seriously. But everyone also knew when they went up to review like kids movies and horror movies, like they were reviewing it as serious movie critics and yeah. not as like, oh yeah, this was a fun, entertaining flick or this was a cool slasher movie. So no one listened to that. No one gave into that. But now everyone is fucking brainwashed from the internet and social media and cares about what everybody else thinks. So now we all got to like, oh, it got a bad score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's under 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Guess I'm not seeing it in the theater. Yeah. Guess I won't be spending money on that. No and then shame. everyone decides later that was a fucking great movie that I watched on Prime or Hulu or YouTube or whatever the fuck. And it becomes like a cult classic, but you'll never get a sequel because y'all shat on it and didn't go see it in the theater. It didn't mm -hmm. make any money, so it won't get a sequel. Yeah, it's a mess. But... I am excited, and I was very excited to show Katie this one, because this, like I said, is Jason Becomes a Zombie, and this movie adds meta humor, so like, you know, looking right at the screen and acknowledging that people are watching, gothic horror is just the zombie form of this, and action film elements. There were a lot of, like, guns in this one, usually in Jason movies, not that many guns. It's always just stabbing and blunt weapons. And this one got a ton of positive like reception from critics since the original. And Kevin Williamson, the one of the creators of the Scream series, brings up this movie a lot and says, like, this one's really amazing. And it's it's a lot of people's favorite. It's my favorite out of all of them. Favorite's Jason is a banger. But I really like this one. So, like I said, there's tons of little tiny nods. Uh, the beginning of this movie has been, you know, spoofed or mocked and a lot of things. Jason comes onto the screen and walks from one side, turns and slashes with his machete, just like he's a zombified James Bond. And I remember yeah. watching it as a kid. I was like, that was legit. James Bond. And then later, we watched it, you know, today. And I was like, oh, my Lord, it's so good. And Katie's like, <laughs> you know, it's just, laughed. it's just silly. It's and Jason so, Bond over here. Yeah, it's so silly. Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. Dun -dun -dun -dun. He turns. Exactly that. But no, this one's really fun. Um, so. My brain, when you did the fucking 007 theme, huh? almost like, -ka -ka -ka. <laughs> <laughs> the stupid, like. Oh, his... fake theme of Jason that doesn't it's just whispers 
so the main character of this movie, besides Jason, his name is Tommy Jarvis, but in real life, his name is Tom Matthews. That name sounds familiar, Otis. Yes, because he played Freddy in Return of the Living Dead. Hey, you remember that preppy boy that worked at the funeral home? And then that guy's like, hey, you want to see a real zombie or a dead body in a canister? He's like, yeah, that canister looks kind of fucked up. He's like, hey, this is American Steel. And he taps it and it just releases the gas and turns him into oh zombies. Yeah, that shit was wild. <laughs> That's Tom Matthews. So can return of the living dead. Yeah, I love that. Chaos. Movie. Yes. So those two movies are his biggest things. He actually did a fan movie of Jason. It's years later, and uh, there's kind of people disappearing around Camp Crystal Lake, and they call for help. And Tommy Jarvis has stayed in the area because he knows at some point Jason will return. So it's an older Tom Matthews coming back with his sweet-ass jacket, and he's like, I have to stop this. I caused Jason to be like this. It's up to me, and I think that's legit. I would love, in one of the newer ones, if he just pops up and just fights. He's one of the few people that did not die against Jason. It, there's not, not that many people survive when you go up against Jason. He has made it through three movies. Tommy Jarvis is really cool. So we'll get through this story pretty quick, and... Uh, we'll talk about our fairly favorite characters. This movie runs for 86 minutes. Man, uh, in the 80s, they were like, a two-hour movie? You're fucking crazy. Wham, bam, thank you, man. We're getting in and we're getting the fuck out because we're already filming the next one. <laughs> we're all, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. It's, it's legit like the movie comes out a month later. They're like, yeah, run that shit back. They're like, okay. And then they give them a bag of money. They like, keep going. And... And it must be so cool, just a year later, like, another one! It's like us with the VHS movies. They're like, man, that was fun. Uh, we'll work on the next one. Sweet! I'll see you next October! It just, it must be so fucking cool. And we watched this movie on... They're all on... Was it Max? It's on Max. You can watch all of these, and hopefully they stay on it forever. But, like I said... You jinxed it. Yeah, I know. Somebody just woke up and said, we need to take them some bitches well, off. As soon as Halloween is over, we're taking that shit down. Get the hell out. We'll put them back up in 2028 when the next Friday the 13th happens in October. Jesus. Is that the next one? That's the next Jesus. one. Jesus. I looked it up. Oh my God, <laughs> that's so far away. <laughs> so, the movie starts. Oh, you don't get the credits. And I think that's so cool. Now, I always talk about there's two ways to start a movie. Either you have people that pop up that mean nothing to the plot and they get murdered by the bad guy. It's a fun way to do it. Or we get some type of flashback. There's actually a third way. And this one is very special. You can't do it all the time. But the third way is the main character causes the issue before the fucking credits hit. So we meet up with Tommy Jarvis. I'm Tommy Jarvis. <laughs> Here to save the day. And so, he has killed Jason Voorhees. They did a little bit of retconning, because Corey Feldman played Tommy as an insane person, and he was going to be the next villain in the Friday the 13th series. But people were like, nah, that's stupid. Just let it be Jason. And they were like, but Jason's dead. They're like, just do that. And they're like, fuck it, make him a zombie, I guess. So it'll always be Jason. <laughs> so, during the killing spree in 1984, so... He is returned to Crystal Lake, now called Forest Green, because people, boy howdy, uh, I don't want to go to that town, Crystal Lake. That crazy guy's been there for like a fucking decade, killing people. 
and he is with his friend Alan Hawes, and he has a plan, because he's been having bad dreams and nightmares about Jason, and he can't get out of his head. So, Katie, the best way to deal with bad dreams is to find the problem, dig it up, and beat it up with a pokey metal rod. Did you know that? That's the best way to deal with your issues in life? It's really not. (laughs) But also, like, why did they bury Jason in the first place? Why didn't they cremate him? I think even with the fact that he was a killer, yeah, but he died, so they're like, we'll just bury the body. They shouldn't have named the, the grave, honestly, because it seemed like everybody was like, I don't want to know this person. Why'd they put a name on it? Who paid for that tombstone? In some of the movies, he does have a family out there, but they were like, that's stupid. So, he, but again, he, he should have been. That means that somebody paid for his coffin and his burial and his tombstone. He would have been an unmarked grave just in a yard somewhere. I wouldn't even. He wouldn't have been buried. He would have been turned to ash. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You don't fucking kill that many people and then get away with it. So, with his buddy Alan, they are going to dig up Jason's body. And then he's going to burn it. He brought gasoline and they're going to destroy the body. So he stops having hallucinations slash dreams slash crazy moments about Jason. So they pop up at the cemetery and there's a big old thunderstorm. And so instantly you're like, oh shit, here we go. And his buddy Haas is like, hey, how about we just leave, man? And Tommy's like, give me the shovel. And he like like wraps his hands up because he doesn't want to help him but he does help his buddy Tommy and so Tommy Jarvis digs up Jason's coffin opens it up and his rotting corpse is just sitting there and then Jay well Jason's full of like what worms and bugs and stuff Mm -hmm. and Tommy has a flashback to the night where he killed him and you know he was all bald and stuff and so in a rage he grabs a fence post from the cemetery and starts stabbing the body of Jason. Just beating the shit out of it. And Alan's like, you good? You, you feel better now? He's like, I'll feel better in a second when I burn this fucking corpse. He hops out of the grave. He goes to grab the gasoline. And then, two strikes of lightning hit the pole. And electrifies the body of Jason. And then, <laughs> so stupid... Jason's right eye opens up and it's what was it brown? Something like that. Yeah. Opens up and then Tommy hops back down because he's gonna light him up. And then Jason hops up and starts grabbing at him and Cause his skin all comes back. Yeah. And his bones mended. Yeah. It's weird. Fucking weird regenerative ass lightning. And so Tommy Jarvis throws gasoline all over Jason's body. He's like, well, he got up for some reason. Time to light him up. But it starts raining. And then all of the, the maggots and bugs kind of fall off of Jason. Jason's just standing there looking at him, confused. Then Alan comes in with a shovel to the head. It does nothing. And he gets his heart punched out of his body for his trouble. And then Tommy runs the fuck off. He <laughs> hops into his truck and drives away. Then Jason grabs his old hockey mask, which Tommy brought so he could destroy that too. And then you see a zoom in on Jason's eye. Closer, closer. And then you see a tiny little Jason in his eye walking and then slashes the screen. 
then we finally get the credits. It is the most legit way to start a movie. I love this, but not every movie can do this. You know, sometimes you just want to start the credits. You know, uh, we watched Fresh. It took 40 minutes of that movie to get the credits. And I was like, oh, shit. That was all prequel stuff. When he finally drugged her, this is Fresh the movie. I was like, oh, shit. It, it, I pop for it. I pop for movies that show the credits later. It's so cool to see. So, uh, Tommy Jarvis, uh, he just saw his friend die and the scary Jason get back up. So he heads to the police station and he tells Sheriff Garris and Deputy Rick, hey man, Jason's back. I mean, like, Jason? Like, you, that dude that died, like, years ago? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, you're Tommy Jarvis. You're that crazy kid. I'm sorry that your family got murdered by Jason. I'm really sorry about it, but he's not alive, buddy. He's like, he's alive. He's gonna kill everybody. He's like, nah, lock him up for the night. He might be drunk or crazy, and we're gonna, uh, we're gonna just sit you down for the night. So, on a back road, not far from the cemetery, we see two camp counselors. They are heading toward Camp Forest Green, and Lordy, they just drive up to Jason, and he's just on the road standing there. The girl, Lisbeth, is like, hey, we, let's just turn around and just go another way. And Darren, he's like, fuck that noise. Drive up to him and scare him away. So they drive up to Jason, and then Jason just stabs a tire out and just stands there. And then Darren's like, I got a way to fix this. Grabs from the from the compartment and pulls out the tiniest little pistola, pistolita, and then pulls it out on Jason. He's like, hey man, I will shoot you. And then he gets a shot off, but then Jason stabs him with the metal pole and just heave hose his ass over his head and he flies like a mile away. It was fucking crazy. And then Liz starts crawling away, pleading for her life with money and credit cards. And then she gets stabbed and drowned in mud water. So, this is how the movie works. Now, if you've never seen a Friday the 13th movie, it is very much like a, a natural disaster movie. Uh, Jason is a tornado, a tsunami that goes one direction. If you're in the way of said tsunami, you will fucking die. And then, the tsunami finally lands, or tornado lands, and then somebody can finally put him down. That's how it works. I feel bad for people that are just like, I'm just driving. And you get your ass kicked. It really sucks. <laughs> so, the next morning, Sheriff Garris, his daughter Megan, and Sissy, Court, and Liz's sister Paula, they all report that, hey, Darren and Liz, they didn't arrive, and we're kind of worried. The sheriff's like, hey, you know, we got a couple other things to worry about, but just give it a day, and we'll see if they pop up. Tommy, crazy old Tommy in the cell's like, Watch out, Jason's out there, he probably killed them. And they're like, you shut the fuck up, crazy person. And so it seems like the whole town thinks it's an urban legend. So just like in the um, Nightmare on Elm Street movies, where every time they stop Freddy and time goes by, everybody's like, yeah, that didn't really happen. That was like an urban legend or something. Don't talk about him. And then somebody's like, I had a dream about a guy that had bacon on his face. I think his name is Freddy. And Freddy's like, hey, that's enough. Now I'm back. You know, that's how it works. They don't want you to talk about it because, I don't know, names give powers, I guess? I mean, that's accurate. Some Rumpelstiltskin shit. Yeah. So, at this point... What is it, Mixaplixic? Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you, what Kiltixism is the opposite way to say it, I think. Yeah, mixed yeah. clicks it. Yeah. So, at, at this point, Megan, she looks over at Tommy, because Tommy's a little bit of a dreamboat. And Megan's like, ah, he's cute. Ha, ha. And the sheriff's like, please stop talking to the crazy person in the cell. She's like, ha, ha, I won't listen to you, Dad. Bye. <laughs> Dips off. So, our next encounter with this, uh, with Tsunami Jason, he makes it to a paintball game with corporate executives. And so, uh, I thought this was funny, but two of the guys, they get shot by a female executive, and they're pissed, you know? It's like, I can't believe you shot us. We shouldn't have let girls play this game. Yeah. That's, and why we, that's why we don't let women play the game. I'm so pissed. I'm so pissed I got shot. And then... Don't be a bitch. Then one guy, he's Suck supposed... Suck less. Yeah. Then one guy's supposed to be, like, the best of all of them. He got shot. He's like, can't believe that bitch shot me. She should that's be in the, the kitchen. That's the fucking point of the game, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I got shot. I'm mad. And he is just walking through the forest, swinging... A very shiny machete. And then he pulls his arm back. And Jason's like, ooh, I like I like your machete, G. And throws him at a tree. His arm gets ripped off. And then he gets stabbed by a piece of the tree. And Jason's like, hey, I got a machete now. Ba-ba-na-na-na. You know, when fucking Link gets a new weapon in Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Jason got machete. Unfortunately for all of the other executives playing the paintball game, uh, they get their asses chopped up. The woman and the two dudes that she shot, they all get their heads cut off in one swing. I forgot what it's called in Halo when you get a... I think it's just a triple. At this point, he got four, so that's a quad. Quad feed. And then the last guy, he's a big old nerd. He survives. He actually gets a shot on Jason. It's a paintball. And Jason looks down at his chest like, what the fuck was that? And then kills him. So, I think five is a... Was it a Kiltacular? I can't remember the kill. Somebody knows him. Kiltacular. So, once again, how this movie works. We get scenes of Jason just calmly walking, just killing people as he's heading back to the camp. So, Sheriff Garris, he's not going to press charges against Tommy because Tommy is a little bit of a kook. And he doesn't want Tommy in the town anymore because he doesn't want people throwing out rumors that Jason's back. Because that just makes people freak out, makes people go looking, makes people panic and shoot people that aren't Jason. I get it. We've watched movies where they're like, oh my god, Katie's back, y'all. And everybody pulls out a pistola and then they're just shooting everywhere. You don't want that. So they are escorting Tommy out of town. And then, you know, left turn is the cemetery and right turn is safety. And Tommy's like, left turn. Ah! He tries to make it to the grave so he can show them that the grave is still dug up and there's a dead body there but the grave or the caretaker of the cemetery uh he saw that someone dug up the Voorhees grave and he's like i can't believe these crazy some bitches dug it up i'm not getting in trouble for this and he repacks the dirt into the coffin so alan tommy's friend fell into the coffin and it closed kind of his leg was still out but now the caretaker's like, oh, Jason's still in there. They were messing with his body. So when they get to the grave, it looks normal. And they're like, you're kooky as fuck, Tommy Jarvis. And now you're getting arrested because you just ran from a cop. So they drop him off. Actually, take it back. So they see the grave is packed and it's normal. And the sheriff and his deputy with the giant, the biggest red dot sight on a gun I've ever seen. It is like the size... Yeah, I saw that. 
the size of a fucking spray can on top of a gun. It can't be real. But they drop him off at the city limits and they tell him, don't come back. You will get in trouble if you come back. And he's like, I won't, but I will. That night, the caretaker's walking home singing a song about Kathleen. <laughs> or was it a Katie? Okay, He said either Kathleen or Katie. I can't remember what he said. And then Jason chops him up. And then two cup, a couple come by because they heard the caretaker die. And then they get dropped. They get sliced up. Like I said, it is a fucking hole of madness if you get close to Jason or to people that are involved with him. So... One of the counselors, his name is Court. What a sweet fucking name. Uh, my two favorite Courts is the preacher from Quick and the Dead. And he was the best. And then Court is one of Roland's friends from the Dark Tower series. He's the one. Actually, he is a friend, but he was a teacher that taught Roland how to shoot his guns. And Roland had to whip his ass to get his guns. So he beat the shit out of that old man. <laughs> So Court met up with a girl, and they are having sex in the RV, and it's very active, long, song type of sex. She's like bouncing and just hopping on his, his uh, uh, disco stick, and she's like, you gotta last through the whole song. He's like, how long is this song? She's like, ten minutes. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ, you know? <laughs> the power goes out, because we see Jason walks up to the RV, and it's bouncing, and Jason like tilts his head to the side, he's like... Why is that RV bouncing like that? Oh, well. And pulls the power cord. Court goes outside, sees the cord was ripped out, and he's like, we should fucking leave. He hops into the driver's seat of the RV, and they start driving. He is just speeding down the road in his giant RV, and the girl, uh, Nicole, I believe is her name, she rolls backwards to, this, to the bed in the back, and Jason was in the restroom, snatches her up, and just smashes her head into the side of the RV. It actually pushes the RV part of it out. And then he stabs Court in the head with a knife. And then the RV flips and catches on fire. And Jason pops out and he's like, that was cool. As he's standing on top of the RV. <laughs> Back to the people that don't die instantly. So the sheriff and his men, they start finding the bodies of all these people that have been getting killed. The corporate executives with no heads. Well... They popped up, and all of the people that Jason caught and killed off screen. So, the sheriff is like, fuck, Tommy did this. He fucking did this. We got him, you know? Jason is making his way back to the camp. And so, the other counselors, Sissy and Paula, they actually get jumped. Um, Sissy pours soda on who she thinks is Court, but it was Jason. She poured soda all on him. Because he was just waiting outside. And then he yanks her through the window. And he's like, hey, let's go for a ride. And then Paula gets jumped later. So one girl, she actually sees Jason. And she's freaking the fuck out. And Paula tells her, hey, it was just in your head. But if you're scared any other time, you just got to pray. Just pray and the bad thing will go away. So this movie's interesting because Jason has never really attacked young kids like Tommy Jarvis was like one of the only few kids that were in the line of Jason's madness but in this one there were a lot of kids and the director said that he's like I'm not gonna have a kid fuck get murdered by Jason but it's cool to put him in danger like you know and the higher ups took out a little bit of his 
intervention because what he wanted to do was he wanted to add more praying into the movie not like a whole jesus saved the day or anything it's just because the little girl prays and jason like leaves he's like oh okay and then he wanted the girl to like pray when later in the movie when someone's in the water and they get out and they were like take all this praying shit out we're killing people here and he's like okay i wasn't saying anything (laughs) people like to pray so tommy calls the station and he gets in touch with megan and so megan is like hey i'm gonna help you with this because i know it's not you but all the cops are looking for you because they think you have murdered like seven people he's like i didn't do it it was jason man we gotta get out of here (laughs) so she picks up tommy and scoots off and gets the supplies that he needs to end this and so he's been reading books on the occult and dead people and spirits because he went to the local library reading his fundamental kids (laughs) and so they are chased by one of the sheriff's deputies and then they hit a roadblock sheriff garris is like i know my daughter i know she likes to drive like an asshole I got you blocked out. And so Tommy uh, had his head down the whole ride looking at Megan's crotch. His head gets lifted up. And he's like, uh-oh, I'm in real trouble now. And he finally gets arrested. So Sheriff tells Megan that Tommy is a maniac and he's killed two of your friends, probably more of them. And she says to her dad that it can't be Tommy Jarvis because he was with me when those murders went down. And you see a little bit of doubt pop into the sheriff's face, but it's like, uh, I don't know for sure. I still got to lock you up, man. So now, while the sheriff is gone, Tommy and Megan come up with an idea to get free. So, as the douchebag deputy gets bamboozled, Megan pulls out his gigantic gun with the laser sight on it and puts him into the cell. And so, they scoot off to go take on Jason at the camp. So, at the camp, Sheriff Garris and his two deputies, they head off on foot. And, boy howdy, one of the deputies is on the docks, and Jason throws a dart into his head. Now, if you played the Friday the 13th game, this is one of the ways you can take people out. There's darts everywhere in the game, and you can just chunk them. And so, the other deputy finds a little girl that was the one that saw Jason earlier, and she's running off. And Jason uh, easily crushes his head with his bare hands, and the little girl scuttles off. So now Sheriff Garris is looking for the counselors and finds a cabin covered in blood. And so he pulls a shotgun out of his car, and he goes looking for Jason. And he finds Jason. And this scene is one of my favorite scenes, because Jason's standing there looking at him, then he raises his gun, and the music kind of stabs, and then Sheriff shoots him. Jason goes down, and it's like 20 seconds of Jason not moving. And then Jason instantly gets up, and the music hits again, and the Sheriff shoots him again. And then it is less time for him to get up every time. And he just starts getting up, and now it's instant. He gets back up, and then the Sheriff runs out of bullets. And so he's like, oh my god. And so he's fighting for his life. He runs into the woods to get away from Jason. So he's getting chased by Jason. I've seen memes of this scene. My favorite is the music for John Cena. And it's like right when the hook hits like that. Bah, 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 bah. But right before it's like that. Here's John Cena. And so it's like you're standing there. It's like here's John. And the person shoots him. He's like I don't want to hear that song. And it keeps getting up and then finally the music hits. It's 
It's fucking fun. So, Tommy Jarvis has a plan. He's going to lure Jason back to the spot where he drowned in 1957 and trap him there. Hey, water is his weakness. I wonder if another movie's going to bring that up. They do. <laughs> and so, when they get to the camp, they see that Paula's cabin is covered in blood. And they go to check on the children. And then they bring the girls and the boys together and tell them to lay under the bed, grab the gerbils, and hide. And don't come out. We'll come back for you. And boy, howdy, they've been hearing bullets go off and people screaming in the woods. It had to be absolutely terrifying. So, Megan goes to look for her dad, and she starts finding dead bodies. And Sheriff Garris is in the woods hiding from Jason, but she starts screaming, and Jason's like, ooh, new people. And so, the sheriff realizes that he's got to protect his daughter, and jumps down to fight Jason. He's putting some good hits on him, and he's using a big rock to smush his head in, and then Jason just kind of like grabs his arms and pushes backwards and folds him the wrong way. Crumpled. It was legit. It was so quick, and I'm like, wow, you'd be so dead so fast. And Jason just walks off. Yeah, like a contortionist. Yeah, it was wild. So, as Megan is protecting the children, Jason's like, ooh, there's like 30 people in that cabin. I'm stabbing everybody. Tommy Jarvis is on the lake with a big chain and a big rock in a boat. And he calls out to Jason and says, it's me. It's me, Tommy Jarvis, you son of a bitch. Come over here, maggot head. And Jason's like, I don't like how he's yelling at me. And starts walking. I don't appreciate your tone, sir. <laughs> I'm going to kill you and I'm going to kill them later. <laughs> and so Jason heads to the water. Uh, it doesn't really seem like a weakness right now because he goes into the water and just pops up and they have themselves a fight on the water. And then finally, Tommy puts the chain around Jason's neck and the boat breaks and they sink down to the bottom of the lake. Jason's holding on to Tommy and is like, well, if I'm going to die, you're going to die with me, dickhead. Megan swims out and turns on the boat's propeller and uses the propeller to cut Jason's throat. And she, like, holds it on her for a while. And then his neck just kind of snaps to the right. And you see all this meat just come out. Hooray! Jason's dead. I guess. And so, Megan gives Tommy some CPR. And the the kids from the camp, they're like, hooray! We didn't see another person die! And then, Megan hugs Tommy and says, it's over. It's finally over. Jason's home. And then, we get a, a shot on Jason in the water. Still trapped. And unable to move. Maybe he'll come back. Well, there's six more movies, so yes, he does come back. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> yeah, somehow. Actually, the next way he comes back, psychic powers make him come back. Not his powers, but a little girl. Her powers make him get out of the water. She had the shine. Yeah, it's weird. Next one's kind of weird. So, Katie, who was your favorite character in Friday the 13th, part six? Despite the fact that he made a lot of fucking mistakes in this movie, it's Tommy. I was going to say that. He's such a liability. He is movie. a fucking liability from the jump. Um, but he he's my favorite. Everything he does is to protect. He tried to protect as many people and friends and campers and adults. And that nobody fucking wants to believe him. And then... Just, it's chaos, and he does his best, and in the end, he ends up winning, so, Tommy. It's the best type of character that owns up to their mistakes really quick, because I, I know characters that are like, 
I, I don't know how this happened. I didn't do this, you know? They start blaming people. Tommy is like, I did this, y'all. I am sorry. I have to fix it. And I think that's awesome, you know? I need more heroes like that. That are like, I'm sorry. I was trying to figure out some shit on my own. I just wanted to beat up his corpse. Now he's a zombie? Yeah. My bad. <laughs> so, Katie, who was your least favorite character? Sexist corporate douchebags. <laughs> Bitch should have been in the kitchen. Go fuck yourself. I'm so pissed. <laughs> that dude was so mad Ugh. to get shot by a woman. Jesus. Fuck that. I fucking can't stand that shit. It's hard watching movies from the 80s. Yeah. Sometimes because it's just... The sexism is so blatant. And I know that the 80s weren't really like that as much. But they really hammed it up in the movies, and now, you know, 40 years later, it's like, ugh, God, this is so hard to watch because it's so blatant. Yeah. You know, they did it in on purpose in the 80s, like, making it worse than what it already was, and now it's just, it's so gross and bad, I just fucking can't stand it. I was so mad when we started, when they started talking about... How she deserved, she should be in the kitchen, and this is why we don't let girls play. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it's a mess. But I actually went with Deputy Rip. Now, it's it's weird. Usually in scary movies, especially like Freddy or Jason movies, the cops are useless. Because you can't have them pop up too soon in it. Because, I mean, they can't fight the thing anyway. They're gonna die either way. But, yeah, Deputy Rick was pooping this, and he had his gigantic laser sight gun he thought he was hot shit at least he didn't die he was locked up good for him he's the new sheriff i guess <laughs> so let's do seven word synopsis i have two of them wherever the red light goes you bang and then go get him tommy fix your mistakes like i said it was really cool he's like shit he's back Man, I gotta fix that. <laughs> Man, I hope no one saw me do that. Katie. Everyone should have drowned at the end. Damn. Yeah, Tommy was in that water for a hot-ass minute. Jason held both Tommy and what, Megan, Megan yeah. under the water for so goddamn long, and they were, like, struggling, and there's they would have drowned. And there's no way that either one of them, after that fight with Jason, would have been competent enough or strong enough, or had their head on a swivel enough to pull the other one out of the water and give them CPR. Like, that was just chaos. Yeah. Okay, uh, Tommy fucked up giving Jason lightning rod. <laughs> From right out of the gate. Tommy's a fucking liability. And then, my last one, groundskeeper let Tommy fall for minimum wage. That's the truth. He's like, nope, I'm keeping this job. Fuck that. I can't have, they can't take this job away from me. I'm filling up this grave. And right. then Tommy went to jail for it. Right now, I got a high school diploma. For lying. It's a gray hair. I saw it earlier. Did you get it? No. Well, you know, gray hair. Good know. for you. I mean, I'm going bald anyway. But... <laughs> I thought it was cat hair or dog hair. And I was like, oh, that's what stuck. I thought. That's why I... I was like, oh, that's gray. Interesting. <laughs> Okay, let's do minority kill count. So, Sissy, uh, the black counselor, and I think that's it. Everybody else was white. His friend Hawes was kind of brownish, but he might have just been... Mm, just white folks, I think. 
That looks like a white dude. Yeah. Got some sweet hair. What about Court? Uh, Tom Friedley's his oh, name. Oh, that's a white guy. Up. Yeah. So let's just do one. So the kill count is 399 in Tito Turtle. In a house, in a plane full of vampires. So, this film came out August 1st, 1986. Oh, man, it's like a couple of months older than us. What do you think the budget was? $5 dues. Not bad. $3 dues. So, that's kind of what they usually do with these movies. And, you know, that's enough money for the woods, a couple of cabins, and then probably a lot of the money just goes to the kills. The practical effects and stuff like that. But usually there's not that many vehicles in it. And it's usually centralized. This one moved a little bit. But usually they're all at the campsite. You know, and people go out and like, oh, I'm going to go get some candy. And they're like, uh-oh. So what do you think the box office was? Um, I said the box office was $25 dues. Not bad. 19.5. So, like I said, to us now, with movies that come out, and they make a billion on their own. It's like, oh, 16 million? Well, that well, yeah, sounds like a lot. Those but... movies that make a billion made a billion off of a $250,000 or million dollar budget or whatever. Absolutely. Like a $100 million budget. Which is still an incredible feat. Like, they're still making way more than this scary movie made. Yeah. But, like, from, uh, what, a three, $3 million budget to... 19 million dollar budget that's six times yeah. its budget and it's that's great. fucking decent and it's easily enough money to get the next one going which is what they did they're like sweet made six times well here's one of those times go crazy make another million one. is enough to make the next like four movies yeah but they have to pay for other things i don't know how money works at a like new line cinema you know kind of thing oh, yeah. actually i don't know if this they would have had line. to like pay back for uh Paramount. For any of their... Why is this not Paramount Plus? Anyways. <laughs> I don't know. They had to, what, pay back their um, advertising, right? Yeah, Something there's, like there's that. probably a lot of things they have to give money to and stuff. So, earlier in the movie, there was something I said about uh, God and praying. So, there's a scene. Jason comes into the cabin where all the kids are hiding. And Jason comes up to the one girl that's just always seeing him and just kind of just like looks at her and gets closer and closer and she's like holy shit and starts praying and then jason now given he, yeah, he so heard a sound just a, now i lay me down to sleep yeah I pray the lord my soul to keep <laughs> oh my god he's in my face please go away drop that base drop that base <laughs> so the, there is some hardcore praying in it. And then Jason, he does hear a sound, and he's like, oh, adults. And he leaves. And so I remember watching this as a kid. I was like, wow, he didn't kill his kids. Does he not kill kids? And then I was thinking about it. I was like, no, it's usually a teens and adults. I was like, oh, so kids get a pass. Maybe. <laughs> mm, maybe. I think it's partially a product of the 80s. They weren't really big on showing, like, yeah actual deaths of yeah, children. I mean, they weren't gonna Not do really. it. But, um, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense that he wouldn't kill kids since the reason that he's fucking dead is because of some little kids. Like, yes, the counselors should have been watching and that's their bad, 
but let's not fucking discount the fact that a 12-year-old or whatever pushed you into the water, yeah. like, bullied you and then pushed you into the water when they knew you couldn't swim. Like, that's your murderer. Not the counselors who failed to do their jobs. Like... Yeah, it's the, ki- the fucking your peers. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, there was some references to God or just praying in the movie, and they took out a few of it, but... I thought that scene was really cool. I was really nervous for the kids, especially the girl, because yeah. Jason's like, oh, hey, little person. And gets closer and closer. And I was like, holy shit, he's going to kill her. And he's like, oh, what was that? Bye. It just scoots out. I was like, yeah. that's cool. It was cool to see. I didn't mind the praying part at all. And usually I'm very anti, like, yeah. I'm anti-religion. But for the most part in occult films, like movies that have to do with um, demons zombies whatever the undead things like quote from hell or whatever you have to like go in and kind of expect a little bit of like religion throwing into it because because the idea that these people are bad comes from an idea that there is something that's good right so you gotta kind of like Oh, yeah. Well, somebody's going to maybe have immunity or whatever or defeat the bad guy because they're praying to a higher power or hoping to a higher power. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, God or Allah or whoever. I don't give a fuck what religion you are, but it makes sense to me to put those little bits like, you know, one random character here and there who like is taking the time to pray that they get out of this okay yeah. because that's what would totally happen in real life absolutely and when you're dealing with something that's unknown like as a demon as far as we know based on you know all other media that we have consumed through the years all the movies that have been made about things like demons and witches and all of that you know the cross and the holy water and all of these different like quote religious things or what kills them or hurts them. So it makes sense that people would be praying. Who gives a shit? <laughs> so a couple of things that happened, like, I don't know, post-production. There was going to be the introduction of Jason's father, Elias. And so you would learn, because there's actually a cut scene, that Tommy Jarvis asks the sheriff, why didn't Jason get cremated? Why does he have a grave? And he's like, someone paid for it. And then they were going to be like, Jason's dad paid for it because, and they didn't build on this, but it was going to be the fact that he knew that his son would come back one day. And they were like, that seems stupid. (laughs) So they didn't do it. And there was the scene that they were working on that you just see a hand pass money to the grave digger. And he's like, okay. And he digs the grave. But they left it out. There were three different endings to this movie, but they chose, I think, the best one. But one scene was going to have Jason's mask float to the surface of Crystal Lake. And then another one was going to have that deputy, the one that actually survives all of this, reach the keys to the jail cell he was in. And then the door of the police station opens and the film ends. And so they were going to be like, oh, Jason got out and he went to the police station maybe or someone else. So, the the producers didn't like any of those endings, so they went with the one that left Jason's continued madness a little ambiguous. You know, they show his little eye twitching, which I think is it's the best thing to do, because you know he's going to come back, you know? 
So, Katie, do you have anything else to say about Friday the 13th Part 6 before we get out of here? No, it's a wild ride, but it was pretty good. Enjoyable. Like I said, it, this movie helped push a lot of things that happen in horror movies to this day. And we get Zombie Jason from this one. So it's a little different and I think a little special. I forgot to bring up CJ Stroud was the Jason in this movie. So the CJ Graham played Jason in this movie. And the next set of movies is our boy Kane Hodder as Jason. Boy, howdy. Uh, Kane Hodder is the best Jason, but um, like I said, I'm a little biased because he played Victor Crowley, and uh, he's really fucking good at that, too. So, Talk about that. Um, so, the cool thing about a lot of movies from the 80s, especially with horror, is the they used to get special songs involved with it and so alice cooper actually did a really cool song called he's back the man behind the mask i want to say alice cooper did a song for freddie also probably so uh it's pretty spiffy and then henry manfredini Mm -hmm. has done the music for i think all of the jason movies and so uh it's it's pretty spiffy i'd like the music in this like movie and it's it's just something about the eighties, the type of music. It's it's really interesting, I'll say it like that. <laughs> so, with that, that is the end of this episode. If you have any other fun facts about zombies or I don't know, being Tommy Jarvis and hopping out of windows, dramatic loops, you can tweet us at Allentown Pod. We have an email with this. Allentown presents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook app. Allentown presents. So, this was episode 13 in a pocket in the books out of sight. We have 18 more scary movies to do and some really cool ideas. There's one movie that I think Katie and I are going to do. It was one of Terrell's picks. And so we did this Friday the 13th one, but there's one more he did, and it's a video game based one. So, I think we're going to do it. It's got some famous people in it. And yeah, I think it'd be really fun. So the music you're listening to right now, that is flipping the combined effort, flipping the CE anywhere you can find them. Studio Fitas, thank you so much for the artwork. So for Bella, for my beautiful wife Katie, and all you folks out there on Friday the 13th, uh, stay safe and watch out. Weird shit happens on this day, so you know we got 18 more days till it's you know it's candy night and all spooky shit. So stay safe out there, everybody. Okay, bye bye. So if I was out in the woods, first of all, I wouldn't be out in the woods, but if I heard that sound, I don't care what I'm doing, I'm just going to scuttle off, like just go back to the car. I, I just, people are really brave in these movies. Like when that one couple are in the little beetle, and they're like, oh, hey, look at that guy in the middle of the road with a hockey mask on. Just just drive up to him. It'll scare him out of the way. I'm like, no, we're going just another way. I don't like that. Like I said, people like to be brave. I ain't brave. I ain't brave at all. Fuck that noise. White folks do wild shit in the woods. Yes, they do. And they get killed, too. Yep. Yeah. Okay, bye, guys. Bye.